Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the king of K-Fabe Kickflips, Mr. Wex Breaking the Loss. And Wex, how are we living today, bro? Living pretty good, you know? It's a Thursday. It's less than a week away from my birthday. AEW's going to be in Nashville Live, so I just can't stop thinking about wrestling coming to town at my birthday. I'm already... I'm pre-gaming as of now, already for my birthday. Love it. I love to hear it. Um, makes my heart happy. I love all of that. Um, yeah, man. You know what? We had a really good show last week with the Rumble. Um, we had uh, we had Mr. Jesse Baker on, and Mr. Jesse Baker will be on next week with the second edition of the Baker's Dozen. But this week, we're covering GCW again, um, and we're also covering In Your House Final Four from 1997 from the WWF. Um, we're like right at the beginning of the like uh, the beginning of the change. I wouldn't even say the beginning of the Attitude Era. We're, we're like the beginning of the change. Ooh. I mean, this is like, yeah, this is basically like the flipping of the switch because if the Bret Hart promo and just like everything yeah. about it, you can tell they're yeah. shifting that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. We're we're we're. How, I'll, I'll say it this way: we're at the dying days of the new generation. We're at the dying days of the new generation. We're not quite to the Attitude Era yet, but we're getting there. It's very close. Um, I'm excited about this week's show, but before we get into the show, it is uh, both of our favorite segments at this point, and it's Wexley spills the tea. Wex, and the tea, fill up my cup, baby. Fill me tea, up. The tea. We're about to fill it up this week, and first off, we're going to start with that WWE tea like we always love to do, and this week, WWE Raw suffered its lowest viewership ever. Wow. It's because it was preempted by the Winter Olympics, and it was on the Sci-Fi Network. So Makes it's sense. not regular circumstances for a Monday Night Raw, but still, that is pretty historic. That they have the lowest rating of all time for a Monday Night Raw. Yeah, especially leading into WrestleMania season. That's not something you ever want to see. It'll be interesting if they bounce back on Friday. Um, and, you know, we, actually, you guys will be listening to the podcast at this point, so I guess we would know by then. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they bounce back in the ratings on uh, SmackDown. Yeah, well, one of the big things in the news last week, again for us, was Shane McMahon hearing that he got fired. But it turns out he actually does still work for the company in some capacity. But anything to do with TV or creative or anything, nowhere near that shit. I think he's, he's still. Ta- I think he's talent released. I think he's still. Um, no, he's I think still he's wrestling side. released. Essentially, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. He works in the office, but he's not signed as an active performer. So that right. does make sense. And supposedly there was like so many changes from the Royal Rumble that that inverted uh, sorry fuck there were so many changes at the Royal Rumble with Shane McMahon and all the stuff that was going on it actually inadvertently caused something with the production because they didn't get the sheet updated and he was supposed to go out at 29 but at 28 his music hit instead and it was supposed to be Randy Orton going out at 28 and then Randy Orton was like. I'm not going to fucking go out to here comes the money. So Shane had to like scramble and hurry and run out there. And then apparently Randy Orton just fell on the ground laughing was like literally just like rolling, rolling around, laughing his ass off on the ground at Shane McMahon as he was just like, fuck that shit. I'm not going to go out to your theme song. You better go out now. I don't care if you wanted to go 29. Yeah, I should funny. have changed it so many times. That's great. Randy Orton was just like laughing at him. was like, fuck you. You better get out there. That's crazy. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous. Uh, so I guess the Shane McMahon saga is now over for the moment. Yeah, we'll see. Wait till Vinny Mac dies, never- man. God, that's going to be a hell of a storyline. Goodness gracious. Yeah, if he would have debuted in AW, Jesus, that would have been hilarious. But uh, he might. Truly- if they push him out after Vince dies, they might. he might. If Vince dies, then I could maybe see Shane Jumpmanship. Maybe. Yeah, that's if someone non-McMahon has control of the company, I guess. But like Tony, speaking of like sagas... Nikon, yeah. And the saga, one saga that never ends is Ric Flair. He's somehow still Goodness kicking. gracious. Somehow. And he's lost his mind. He uh, Dude, was tweeting during AEW saying that the Road Warriors were nothing without the horsemen. And Tully and Arn made the Road Warriors, which everyone knows is complete utter bullshit. Yeah. Oh, that's totally. Like, Ric yeah, Flair. Definitely not like, true. What are, you, what are you doing? Dude, stop. If anybody made the Road Warriors, it was definitely the, the Rock and Roll Express. But we're, that's neither here nor there. Exactly. Just R- Ric Flair, your old ass motherfucker. You need to just take your fucking Jeritol. If we're being lay totally down, honest, the nap. Road Warriors made the Road Warriors. Like, exactly. They were just ro- that kind they of They didn't team. need nobody to help exactly. make them. Yeah. They were a whole fucking. They were just 
the mystique about no one had that fucking aura that the Road Warriors had. But yeah, Agreed. neither here nor there. Flair's fucking losing his mind. Really? No, y'all didn't make the fucking Road Warriors. The Road Warriors, Absolutely if not. anything, elevated the Four Horsemen. 100%. Because they were so badass. Like, Agreed. Fuck off. Uh, NXT 2.0 uh, started doing a fucking new stupid camera technique this week. They started having cameramen in the ring during the match, which I hope that Ooh. doesn't continue because someone's going to get hurt. It's just a bad fucking idea. I don't know Ooh. if it was Kevin Dunn's idea or what, but very fucking dumb. A good idea for NXT 2.0 is the news. Dolph Ziggler coming down to face Braun Breaker for the NXT championship, which I think that'd be a hell of a match. I don't like Braun Breaker. I don't think he's a very good wrestler. I don't like his gimmick. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like, to be fair, I've never really been a Steiner guy ever. I've never liked either one of them. Of them. Okay. Um, so, so that's probably why. So get this. So I bet you actually agree with this take better. This is like two years too late. the only way that they're going to have that match is if he retains against Santos Escobar. But honestly, Santos Escobar versus Ziggler would be a way better match. Oh, much better. Much better match. I mean, that's not, that's not, I mean, I think this is two years too late. I think you bring Ziggler down to babyface against Cole, or you bring him down to heel against Gar- Gargano. I mean, yeah. I, I think that would have been significantly more interesting. I think it would have been better for everybody. I think having the tape of those matches would have been better for everyone in developmental than Braun Breaker versus Dolph Ziggler. Now I'm glad that Dolph is being utilized. Um, I really think that the NXT tag team division has kind of dropped the ball other than MSK. I think they're the only ones that are good. And I think that, you know, uh, what is it? El Fantas? What is it? Um, uh, Fantasmo, Degato. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that those, both those tag teams would benefit from having like Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, like kind of the way they did Riri Zango. I think that would have worked out better. I think Bobby Roode's a, a big That probably waste could still talent. work now to help benefit them because they ain't got for shit sure. going on for down sure. there. And maybe that's what they'll do. Maybe they'll bring, you know, Roode in to kind of, I don't know. I think that would be cool though. Having Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler in NXT would be good. Although to me, NXT, to me, it's all too little too late. NXT is already dead in my eyes. So, oh yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's, it'll, it'll never be the same. Agreed. All right, moving on down to the Impact ROH kind of area. Matt Cardona yeah. recently won the Impact Digital Media Championship yes. from Jordan Gray. So uh-huh. it's like he has another internet title. It's like well, he's, he's like the, it's, it's official. He, I think he's just kind of I think he just wanted to validate the actual internet championship, and now it's canon. If that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. So uh, Matt Card Matt Cardona, we see you out there. We see you, Broski. We see what Lo- you're doing. Love that dude. Yeah. So speaking of Impact, two people officially now. On the backstage side, we got Lance Storm now signed on as a producer for Impact, which can't do anything but good for Impact. It's just going to benefit Definitely. everybody. He's fantastic. Yeah. Especially Bell to Bell, yeah. Yeah, and Laredo Kid officially signed to Impact with a contract. Oh, wow. Nice. That's aw- That's amazing news, actually. That's yeah, awesome. He is uh, one of the only high points in some of the shit we're going to talk we about get to later. <laughs> uh, and speaking of Impact and TNA, one uh, crazy fun fact that I learned today did you know Wildcat Chris Harris was the fake Sting in 2000 for WCW? I did not know that. I saw that in a little it interview today, like uh, a little news snippet, and he said that Sting that put the makeup on him. No, like the late fake Sting, like WCW oh, 2000 fake Sting. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Me either. I was like, I don't what? even know if I've Chris seen Harris? that. I don't even know if I saw fake Sting 2000. I don't no, think I did. No, I definitely didn't, so that's why I was just kind of – Surprise! I was like, Chris Harris, really? Yeah, that's wild. AKA, uh, what was his WWE name? Braden Walker. Braden Walker, and he was yeah, he done eight Chris Harris by the time Braden Walker debuted. But uh, you know, funny to see him there in the news. And another nice thing here in the news, ROH, as we announced, I think we talked about it last week. They have a Hall of Fame now, the official Ring of Honor Hall of Fame, and they finally is it announced Ring of Honor. Is uh, isn't it just independent wrestling? Oh no, that's that's separate. So there's oh, okay. uh, independent okay. wrestling Hall of Fame and now a Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. So I don't know if we did mention that, but the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame, they're gonna have their first three people they've announced and the first is the team of the briscoes which are fucking og dudes, which makes sense they they've been in there since day one they are lifeblood of ring of honor definitely and the other person is you know former wwe and ring of honor world champion brian danielson wow before punk really that surprises me that really to me it would make way more sense to have the briscoes and punk or maybe even the briscoes and joe go in first 
I, yeah. no, don't get me wrong. No disrespect to Brian Danielson, especially when he was in Ring of Honor. But there were already like he was kind of later. Like I feel like there were those guys had already been through and been like the tippy top guys. Even like a Nigel McGinnis, um, I feel like should get should have gotten in before Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. Um, <laughs> still a good yeah. choice. He still no, deserves a good it. Good choice, of sure. But I feel like it's more. That's uh, to me, pers- being totally honest, to me that bo- that bugs me. Briscoe's for sure, but the fact that it's Brian Danielson first before any of those other guys that bothers me. Yeah, Samoa Joe should definitely be like up there. Yeah, definitely. Samoa Joe should be there before him. Uh, I do. There's a, a ton of guys. I'm not. I'm. You know. I'm gonna get off my oh, high. Dude, just like you said, I, did, I would. Seems I would like the say, obvious choice because he's like the ROH guy. I mean, I would say even like guys that were there for longer, like Steen. Well, granted, I know he signed. I know he signed to WWE. Christopher so. Daniels. Daniels. Yeah. Age Styles. Even like Styles. I mean, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it's nice. He definitely deserves a spot for sure. I mean, Danielson deserves to be there. And we're just nitpicking now, but that's what this podcast is. Moving on. Okay, keep moving on to some all elite wrestling news. Uh, we had some rumors that were quickly shot down that our old boy Tony Khan was running for Congress. But it uh, turns out that was fake, just like the time that The Rock was reportedly running. Someone, you know, submitted some documents with his name. Just trying to stir some shit up, which is yeah. uh, pretty clever, pretty funny. A little controversy, sense. little news there. Got a little pop from it. And yeah. what got a very large pop, which I know Daniel did not pop as loud, was the debut of Keith Lee on AEW Dynamite last night. And we got to get we got classic Keith Lee back. Like AEW I mean, not AEW, fuck. We got NXT indie Keith Lee back. I know Daniel is lukewarm on the idea of Keith Lee, but uh I think you'll be surprised and you'll be happy. I think that Keith Lee is a great bell to bell wrestler. I don't think Keith Lee has ever been in a storyline that I've found compelling ever. So I think that he, I think I listen, the opportunity's there. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Okay. In 10 years, Keith Lee is going to be a miss. And I genuinely believe it's his personality. I don't, there's certain ways he carries himself. Like, Listen, I'm not WWE did him wrong. Like, I want to get that out first and foremost. They did him wrong. They treated him poorly. He had every reason to react the way he did. I am not saying that I am like on the WWE side here. However, the way he spoke, it was his choice of words, the way he handled it when he did come out felt very Bret Hartish, if that makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> and so like with that being said, like I think he's a great bell to bell wrestler. I think he's actually incredible. I don't I don't I don't think that I've ever seen anyone that size physically do the things that he does. And I'm including guys like Jonah Rock and like um uh, Igor, is that the guy from uh Raider uh, War War Raiders or whatever they were? Yeah, Viking even Raiders. Vader, even someone like Vader. Even Vader. No, I, I agree. I think that Keith Lee physically is incredible. And I've seen him have amazing matches. I was very hype on Keith Lee early on. It really soured me the way he handled himself. And then honestly, his promos, I just have never felt were good. So I think he's, I don't think, to me, AEW does so well with the stories, man. Like so well with the stories. And I think he's going to get left in the dust. I really do. Because I, I think he's a big pop, but I, I don't see him past I don't see him past the mid card. I see, I see him wrestling guys like hook in two months. I wholeheartedly disagree with with that. And I believe not now, but within the next few years, he he will be world champion in AEW. I'm calling it now. I think he's going to, I hope you're right. I really do. I genuinely hope you're right. They know how to book him. I feel like, Everything's going to work out great, and he will get that opportunity to do some more story-based stuff. And he has the personality. It's there. He just hasn't really had the opportunity to really let it shine through because he never really had any good storylines to where he yeah. really shined on his personality. So yeah. I mean, listen, hopefully we get to see more of that in AEW. Totally. And what? And it, and it could just not be for me, be not for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, last year's everybody, PWI everybody number one was John taste. Moxley, and we all know how I feel about John Moxley on this show. So, I mean, yeah, he could be vastly successful, and it just not click with me. It's very possible. I understand that John Moxley thing because that's one thing we just happen to agree on. Because I know a lot of people who love Moxley. When I oh. say anything bad, they're like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Dude, I just don't like him." Yeah, he's not good. It's because he's not a good wrestler. That's why I don't like him. Like, uh, yeah. Speaking of not good wrestling, man, let's jump right in here to our show. Let's get into our way back machine and go way back to 1997, my favorite year uh, ever in the history of wrestling, actually. And it doesn't really make sense. It's got to be a time in my life. Maybe it was just uh, me going through puberty around here. I'm not sure. 
Uh, but I love 1997 vastly. Uh, so let's jump right into WWF In Your House Final Four 1997. Uh, this one actually emanated from Chattanooga, uh, right down the road. Actually, my second favorite city on earth. I Lay love down yonder on the Chattahoochee. Never knew how much that muddy water meant to yeah, me. Chattahoochee is in Georgia. But yes, in Chattanooga in Tennessee. But it's, it's um, Chattahoochee, Chattanooga. It, it goes together in my mind. I understand. Just like the that, Chattanooga yeah. choo-choo. Anyway, if you're ever in Tennessee and you get a chance to visit somewhere, I would actually recommend Chattanooga and not Nashville. It's super clean. There's a bunch of really cool stuff to do there, a bunch of really awesome restaurants. It's like quirky that it's like a really modern, like small town, if that makes sense. Like they have the fastest internet in the country, which is really weird, but they do. Um, yeah. So anyway, enough about Chattanooga. Let's get into the show here. Match number one is Wild Man Mark Marrow versus Leaf Cassidy. Um, this is a pay-per-view, okay? This is a pay-per-view. If someone paid to see the opening match be Wild Man Mark Marrow versus Leaf Cassidy. Uh, uh, the ring work was decent, um, but this is not even a marquee enough to be on Raw at the time to me. I don't even think this is a Raw-worthy match, let alone a pay-per-view match. Um, the crowd did not care about anything except for Sable, um, and it seemed like commentary was about the same, to be honest. Um, again, though, the bell, the bell was solid, uh, but like literally no one cared and I didn't either bell, the bell was solid. I gave it a beer and a half. Um, where are you at on it? Yeah, it wasn't like anything to write home about. Just like you said, the work rate was solid. Mark Marrow. I, I never really watched any Mark Marrow matches till we really covered these in your houses. And he's a lot better than I ever knew because I don't yeah. really ever remember watching him. I only remember playing with him as the video games and stuff. Yeah, because by the time I really got into WWF heavy in 99, there was no Mark Marrow and that no, music. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Sable when I hear that music, I don't even yeah. think Mark Marrow. Right. It does not even register in my mind, but you know, he can, he has so a does everyone else. shooting star press there. It's I will not give bad. that to him. It's underrated. I do feel like people just shut the, like kind of brush under the rug, but honestly, wild man, Mark Marrow was significantly better than TKO Mark Marrow. Oh yeah. So yeah. TKO Mark Marrow. They tried to do, you know, play on his little box. Although that move gimmick. was dope. Yeah, the TKO is cool. It's a, it's you can work it, but I will give this batch only two beers. I mean, like I said, the work rate it was cool. I mean, they didn't like all the moves were executed nicely. Yeah. It looked solid, but it's just like, who really gave a fuck about Leaf Cassidy, Al Snow, and Mark Marrow at this point in 1997? All we cared about was Sable, just like you said. And Jerry Lawler was basically promoting beating up Sable. He was like, "Yeah, we're gonna dot her in the eye," and the, you you did get the cool moment <laughs> of, uh, yeah, it was just. Just Jr. and King. This was like the beginning of their. I feel their like shit. it's only a matter of time before Peacock realizes that they're like, damn it, we're gonna have to like eventually, eventually somebody woke is gonna come along and watch the wrong thing at the wrong time, and the, and like WWE is gonna have to go back to its own network. Please, I hope so. I hope yeah, so. Yeah, because genuinely. Lawler. If you just listen to Lawler from anywhere but, between but you can't cut out O2. like. Exactly, which is your biggest time ever in wrestling. So you can't cut any of that out. And you can't cut Jerry Lawler out, and it still work. It just doesn't – there's exactly. no way. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's wild. But I agree. Match was decent enough bell to bell, but no one gave a shit, including me. Yeah, uh, let's two beers, one and a half. Here we go. Uh, Honky Tonk Man kind of comes to the ring for no good reason because we get a package after this. And, we, like, we just see him come down to the ring like he's going to entertain the crowd, which I guess he did. Uh, and then they play the whole like uh, recap of the Lost My Smile promo. And listen, it's legend. That's a legendarily good promo, by the way. Like people make fun of it, and like uh, just like me, because he yeah. was faded out of his mind in that. Promo. But it's a really good promo, though. Like it's really good. It's well delivered. It's I mean, it's iconic. I would dare he, say he it's slurs iconic. his words a few times there, and I don't give a damn. Has, has a few slip ups. I don't give a damn. It's great. You can dude, clearly tell dude. he's whacked dude. out of his mind, but I love 1997 it. Shawn Michaels is my favorite thing on earth. Like dark circles under his eyes, wrestling matches. Like when he's literally calling spots <laughs> and like calling people out in the ring. Love like that's my, he, that, that person is my favorite person to have ever wrestled in the ring ever. Like I, to this day, like I, he is the best. Like, so it's weird because I still like Shawn. I like Jesus Shawn Michaels. He's very cool too. I would I actually argue that Jesus Shawn Michaels may have had a better bell to bell career than the 90s Shawn Michaels. I, I, I agree with that. I've but, always said that, and people were like, no. And I'm like, dude, really? His O2 from on was a pretty solid run. He's like Tom Brady, man. He had, he had two GOAT careers, honestly. He had two GOAT careers. Um, but let's let's keep it rolling here. 
um, we got Gorilla kind of laying out the four-way challenge and Pettengill with uh, with the narration. And then we get Kevin Kelly on our promo uh, with Sid. And it was actually a pretty good Sid promo, too. I thought the promos were relatively decent on the show, which especially for, you know, moving into 97, moving into uh, moving away from new generation. It was surprising that the promos were actually a little bit better on this show than I thought the matches were. Um, yeah, and Sid did it live because it was a live pay-per-view and he he was I was good. He was gonna fuck up. I really did, but he he smooth sailed yeah, all the it was, way through. It was. It. This was this is one of the better. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's one of Sid's best promos ever, but I think it's one of the best promos that we've covered on the show. From he Sid. says, "I am the ruler." Oh, I love it, and it, and he nailed it. World. And he nailed it. The dynamics were good. Sid, honestly, Sid is underrated. His run is underrated. We make fun of him, call him softball Sid a lot because we're like inside baseball and we know that now. But and he like always gets remembered for the snapping leg thing, which is just brutal. But like, dude is underrated. Like he was. He always uh, gets remembered for his leg getting snapped, and he goes, "But I'm sorry, you, can we do I that have again? more brain. But do you have more brains than I do, or whatever?" He said all fucking backwards, and he's uh, also famous for "We're live, pal." I yeah. think that's the most yeah. thing he's more famous for. We're live, pal. It's probably the most. But uh, that's in the internet age, I would say. Either way, underrated underrated overall. It definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. No doubt. Um, oh, yeah. Next match here is Flash Funk and Bart Gunn versus Goldust and Farouk. Um, no, so, it's, no, it's not. You, I, you got that wrong. <laughs> it's, wait. It's not. It's Goldust, Bart Gunn, and Flash Funk. Versus the Nation of Domination with the team of Farouk, Crush, and uh, Savio Vega. Are you sure? That was the match, yes. I don't think so. Yes. It was a six-man match. Nation of Domination versus Goldust, Bart Gun, and Flash Funk. It was just so fucked and just such a fuck fest that you didn't really know what the fuck was going on because I was very confused for most of the match. Okay. No, it was okay. Savio Vega. I, I gave this match a dud because it made no sense. <laughs> so if that if that tells you anything, it was yeah. complete chaos. Yes. Made complete, no sense. Okay. Wow. I, I yeah. I had no idea. That's crazy. Like I legitimately, I thought it was because I thought it was a weird tag team because it's like okay, so Goldust came out as a heel, and then he was a babyface by the end of it, which made no sense to me because it wasn't actually a turn. I don't know. It was weird. Like he got booed on the way to the ring. Like vastly booed. And then, like, he was a babyface by the end of the match. Because we see him later on in the show. Yeah, yeah, we do. So, yeah, it made no sense. It was so, like, yeah, definite uh, dud. Like, yeah, it, it, it was, was only six very minutes good. long, too, on a pay-per-view, which is really weird. And I'm confused. that many people. Like, when the fuck was Savio Vega in the Nation of Domination? I know he was in oh, Los Pericos. No, Pariquos. I remember that for sure. No, no, I remember that for sure. See, I don't remember. I guess it was that time I wasn't really watching it. And then, yeah, it's just funny. Farouk's beating up uh, Flash Funk, and he goes, all you he said, all you redneck hicks. And then he looks at Flash Funk. He goes, you're nothing but a southern black redneck, aren't you? And just smacked him in the back of the neck and the whole crowd booed. It got pretty, pretty. It was just pretty ridiculous. And you had a PG-13 rapping nation of domination on the way to the ring. Well, like the babyface team also, too, felt like you remember when you had a war zone for the PlayStation? Oh, yeah. You could just hit triangle and it would like random fill your enemies. I have like Warzone for N64 literally like two feet away from us right now. So, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I had it for PS1. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was uh, like if you just hit the, the, the triangle for random, like like Bart Gun, Flash Funk, and Gold Dust. Like you do not get any more random than that. Like you just don't. Maybe if you had like Kurgan. Kurgan wasn't out yet. Come on now. Truth Commission was great, by the way. Big fan. We'll get to that in ninety seven. Yeah, well, let's sure. yeah, let's keep it fucking moving because uh, we got a great promo from a fresh Stone Cold. He's he's, he's banned spanking new baby baby face uh, Stone Cold here. Really good stuff. But it was uh, such a heel promo. He's just calling fucking Doc Hendricks a piece of trash the whole time. Yeah, which yeah, piece of trash. Yeah, it it was it was great. Uh, I I love that dude to death. Um, the promo package for Triple H and The Rock was great. I thought it was really well put together, and it's kind of cool to see the um. The Genesis here, um, and I actually thought that this was the best match on the card. Um, I, I thought it was easily match of the night. Even both guys kind of being green, it was very tight. It was like the, the work was snug. Like it, they, uh, they both got kind of more dramatic and more story based. More, I mean, like like bigger dramatic strikes as they went on in their career. Because this felt almost like a a tight technical wrestling kind of vibe. Like the punches looked really tight and not as exaggerated. I don't know how else to say it, but, um, yeah, they both look green for sure. Um, but I felt like yeah. they, they had, there was lots of room 
like for to breathe, which is nice. I thought that there was good psychology in the match. I thought the booking was good to kind of keep both guys looking good and kind of launch like the gold dust triple H story. And also kind of the debut of China here too, which also gives, um, you know, quite, quite a big nod here. I gave it three and three quarter beers. Um, I really didn't enjoy this one. I thought it's kind of like the diamond of the show. Um, not that even so much of the match was that great. It's just that it's kind of historic, like it being like for the intercontinental title, it's the rock versus triple H gotta be one of the first or second times that ever happened. And we get the debut of, um, China and we get, you know, the launch of the triple H, um, gold dust thing, which led to those gold dust promos with Jr. that are so legendary. So, um, <laughs> yep. it, it's, 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 it. a tur- it's a turning point. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, so I gave it three and three quarter beers for that. Hey, I thought this was a pretty solid matchup. I mean, the work rate was really good, but you could tell the rock just wasn't as smooth as he, like you could just definitely tell he yeah. was green. Like yeah, both guys he was were. doing yeah. like, like all the rock signature moves. They just didn't look as good. I mean, Hunter Hearst was doing the same thing. Yeah. It but exactly, like, it, that's why it was really cool to watch. And like, I love how the rocks theme song was like a pre version of the rocks theme song, but you can, it kind of had that same beat. You can tell where that, where they were yeah, going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, was it was great. Yeah. And just same thing with some of Triple H's moves and like everything they were doing. It's like you said, the Genesis, it was cool just to see like the precursor to all these moves and stuff that would become their signature things. And then right. also cool to see the moves that they never use anymore, like the rock using a fucking crossbody and yeah. the Shulk breaker as his finisher. And yeah. like all these moves are like, what the fuck? The rocks never done this. And it's just yeah. it's cool to see how they kind of work the out their move sets and became who they are today and like who yeah. we know and love. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Uh, the rock kind of botched that DDT. Yes, he did. Yeah, there yeah. was a couple, uh, and he won with a bridging German suplex. Like what? Yeah. Well, this was that era though. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. Like that was this era. Yeah. Like 97 was just weird, but yeah, I yeah. gave it three and a quarter beers. I thought it was pretty nice. good. So I was only a half a beer higher than you on this one. Uh, let's keep it trucking right along though. We got a Vader promo and it's pretty bad. It's actually the worst promo on the show. Um, <laughs> Uh, Paul Bearer was great though. He he, he kind of saved the segment, so like I didn't really. Um, I disagree. Uh, oh really? I don't like Vader and Paul Bearer don't go together. Like oh I just, agree. I, no no I agree. So I agree. after Vader was rambling, I was just like, this is a fucking mess. Let's let's get to the next thing, dude. What are y'all doing? Vader is just like, Bret Hart. I'm gonna squash you. And Undertaker. I'm gonna squash you. And. Who's the other guy? I'm gonna squash you. That's <laughs> like, what are you? What, like, what is happening here? It's just real weird. Um, moving on, the next match here is Furnace and Lafon versus uh, Owen and the Bulldog. WWF Tag Team Titles on the line. Um, this okay. This match had the highest work rate. I actually felt like the Bell to Bell was the best in this match, even though I think that match of the night was probably Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Rocky Maivia. Um, it was a very '90s style technical match. Uh, very crisp for what it was, though. Really good match. Probably the best match Furnace and LaFon had. Good storytelling, too. Um, got a little kind of clammy there at the end. Um, but the middle was very like a very solid tag match for sure. I also like kind of the angle of kind of pushing towards that breakup with Owen and Bulldog. I think I, I think that that storyline is really underrated, too, because as we see as it goes on, it's like you anticipated just being like every other tag team where they split up and have like a singles run against each other. But really what happens is it gets to a boiling point. And then Brett steps in as a heel and is like, no, we're all family and brings like the Hart Foundation as a faction. in. so I think yeah, that this is like pre- that this is like creative writing. Foundation. Yeah, yeah, it's creative writing because it's like you think that they're teasing the, the tag team breaking up, but that's not what they're teasing at all. They're teasing a, a bigger, stronger faction, which I think is really, really smart, really good booking. Um, I gave it three and a quarter beers. So it was above average, but not too far above average. Um, where are you at on it? Hey, I thought this was a fantastic match. Like you said, the work rate was fantastic. They it just had good. really good chemistry with the the Can Am Express because I know that was actually the name that they went by, Furnace and Lafon. Yeah. And yeah, dude, honestly, <laughs> damn it, excuse me, but after watching this match, like Owen Hart would be so good in like the modern era, just with his style, the way he wrestles. Oh yeah. And dude, just, you know what? Dude, oh, the dream match I want to see is Owen Hart versus Zack Saber Jr. Well, if we can get Zack Sabre Jr. somehow in the new AEW video game, he could probably create him because Owen Hart will be in it. So oh, nice. at least we, we can do some of those dream matchups in the game, which is one thing I'm looking forward to. And let's go ahead and be honest. Bulldog was never good singles. He was always better in a tag team. Oh, 100%. But he was great in a tag team. Like, Oh, great. yeah, like fantastic. Like every singles match I've ever seen him in that we've Road watched dog. on this show, I've rated very poorly. 
And I thought this match was great. Like everything works. He's the power guy. Actually, no, Owen's he's Billy, the fucking he's Billy technical guy. He's Billy Gunn. He is Billy yeah, Gunn. And then Jr. kept overselling. He's just such a great athlete. And I'm like, like we get it. You said it 15 goddamn yeah. times, but yeah, the, the end kind of got weird. I didn't really like the DQ finish thing. Like I broke the slam really though, and Owen it, lost his mind. Um, yeah, it works for the story, but I'm just yeah. normally not a fan of that. But I thought work rate and just everything. Three and a half beers. My match of the night. Nice. Okay. So you're only my a quarter match. off though. Yeah. Quarter, quarter off. So like yeah. we just, our match of the nights were kind of switched up and maybe cause I like that style more than I like the other style. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe that shows our slight, a uh, split indifference there, but let's go ahead and move on to the, the main event. Okay. Let's get right into it. Um, yeah. The undertaker promo before the, the match was hype. Good stuff. Oh, um, yeah. We're getting kind of close to the Lord of the Darkness era, which I was pretty hype about. That's my favorite version of the Undertaker in the ministry. Really dark Undertaker. That's my favorite. Um, yeah, so the match here is Vader versus Bret Hart versus Stone Cold versus the Undertaker. Um, so the way this match really worked for the majority of the match was Vader versus Taker and Austin versus Hart. And then they would switch about halfway through and then they would switch back. Uh, that's literally the tale of these three acts. Like, um, And that doesn't work. Like, I don't, I mean, and okay, I don't think that four ways were really popular at the time on, in any form of wrestling because the style was just different. All four of these guys work a main event WWF style, which is not the high spots mean more and they breathe more. They're way more crowd and, um, just slower paced. So when you have four guys all doing that same thing, you're not going to see the big tower in the, in the, in the corner. You're not going to see. Um, big four-way setup spots. It's just not what they do. And it hurt the match, and it was forever long. This match was way too long. Like, I mean, just way too long. Um, it was fucked. Yeah, I don't know, man. It just it wasn't, it wasn't for me. Um, the finish was really underwhelming, too. I gave it two and a half beers, um, but below average for me. Where are you at on it? Dude, I am literally a fucking quarter of a beer off. I gave it two and a quarter beers. Yeah. Because, like you said, four, since four ways weren't very uh, – since four ways were not very popular at the time, they didn't know how to film it. It was fucked. I could not keep up with what was going on. It was just like go camera to camera so to camera. Yeah. It yeah. was just fucking – Kevin fucking Dunn didn't ridiculous. know how to work four ways either at that point. Clearly. Yeah, like they like you could just clearly tell they did not really plan this out very well, and they just yeah. kind of started. All right, I'm gonna wrestle you over here. And Vader, uh, even though he was leaking <laughs> like a motherfucker, he was working like he just didn't give a fuck. Oh, that, was, was so that was that was juice too. That was hardway juice. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a chair like a drop kick chair shot from the yeah. Undertaker. That was on and him. Though. At, it was on Vader point, for sure. I think he was just pissed off and he didn't give a fuck, and he was just clubbing people in the head like sloppily taking like every move. He took the, one of the fucking worst stunners I've ever seen. Like, dude, like looked. It was probably I don't know if it was worse than the McMahon stunner, but it was pretty fucking bad. And just, just too much fucking going on in this match. I did like Austin coming back out after he got eliminated just to still whoop Bret yeah. Hart's ass. That was yeah, great. That was good. I love yeah, that. That's that, very Stone Cold. Yeah. That in, that little end sequence, that part of the story, that was fantastic. They executed that perfectly. But like, I mean, it's the, an in your house. They didn't want to blow their load on on Austin versus Hart yet. I get that. Yeah, but it was just this, too much going on. I could all, up with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, on paper it looks great, but it was not good. If this would have been in like. If we would have ran this back in like WWE 2K19, we could have made a better match, you know. Oh, a thousand percent for sure. Uh, and I also think one Especially, thing that really this, this was no DQ, and they didn't like weapons were still minimal. Like it was just yeah, not what you see today. And Jr. after the bell rings is just like, don't you dare go away, don't you dare go away. And like all we see is just Sid come out and confront Brett, and there it's like that was the most underwhelming ending. Like, oh yeah, like, that for, was for you to like hype up something to happen, like, and that's it. It's like okay, like all right, like that. I don't know. That was just really dumb. Uh, speaking of really dumb, let's jump into uh, the <laughs> the next show here. Really dumb. <laughs> it's uh, it's GCW's If I Die First. Um, it's actually, If I Die. I thought it was If I Die First because that makes sense. But GCW has a weird thing of having fucked up names that don't make sense. Like we thought it was GCW the world or whatever, and it was like the world on GCW. Really if I die, who's coming up with this bullshit? Is it just if I die? It's just if I die. No, it's if I die first. No, it's if I die. Because no, I, if I die, I'm looking at it right now. It's if I die first. 
2022. The last thing that I looked up was just if I die. It's if I die first, 100%. It's even in the graphic, if I die first. Well, what the fuck is going on? I don't know. I think, you're, uh, I think you just uh, tugged a little, little too hard on that bong, buddy. Speaking no, of tugging tugged a little too hard, hard on enough. the bong, the, uh, the ring announcer here may have been like tugging a little too hard on the toot because he was just way too hype in the beginning and kind of blew his mic out in the very first seconds of the match. Or not even the match, very first That's seconds of the show. That's what I was going to say. Was that him or was that in-house production sucking? Because It was him. They switched the, they switched the mic. He blew the diaphragm out in the mic. I know what that sounds like because I've done it at a show before, and that's exactly what he did. He it blew hurt the my diaphragm. I had yeah. my headphones in, and it was literally like gave me a headache. It was so bad. Uh, okay, so like from first look, the production value is – this is the lowest production value I've ever seen from a GCW show. The ring didn't look like the normal ring. It was not – it was bad. Production was bad. Video was bad. Audio was bad. It was just not good. The um, hard cam was shaky. If your yeah. hard cam is shaky, something the fuck's going on. Every time they could not film the ring right. Every time you had a wide shot, like people's heads or feet yeah. would be cut off. It was just, yeah, yeah it was honestly the Crowd worst was production they've ever had. If I had been there live, I probably would have loved this show. And it feels oh, yeah. like it feels like this show was booked for a live crowd and not for a t- TV crowd at all. And we'll get into that as we keep going. Um, the first match I've seen is, local Tennessee indies with better like production than they had at this. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, the first match is Dante Leone and Ninja Mac versus Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne. Um, commentary in this match specifically, I got to give the devil their due. I normally poo poo on everything they do, and they were very good in this match. Uh, they were very good. I felt like they explained uh, and they kind of told me a little more about who Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne were, which really needed to happen. Um, that was a good thing. They actually they did commentary not for the live crowd, but for someone watching on TV, which is what they're supposed to do. Uh, and I thought that that was very good. They changed their tune early, like later as we go on in the, in the show. But it was what it was. Um, there was more air in this match, which is a good thing. Um, the match itself was very good. I thought it was very crisp, very believable, good psychology, which is rare at this level. Um, good heat and good shine. Crowd was hot for it. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I gave it three and a half beers. I liked it a lot. Where are you at on it? Yeah, uh, I actually have one of the same notes that commentary seems to have improved since the last show that we watched. But like you said, it didn't stay that good for long. But uh, <laughs> besides Not that, so bad, my friend. But besides that, I mean, there's some dude, like you said, very innovative stuff here from like Leon and Ninja Mac, like yeah. Vader bomb cutter, like a Phoenix 630 splash, like insane. And shooting star cutter. Yeah. Yeah, even though Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver look like the kids from high school who drove like shitty Hondas and sold pills and said like bro a lot and w- wear puka shell necklaces because Nick Wayne literally had one on. And he literally is 16 years old, so it makes sense. I, he's 16? Is that what, is that what it is? Yeah. They're yeah. Living, he's living the gimmick, so the puka shell necklace, you can you, – you know he's uh, sold. He's very young. Dude, that, and, that kid is a star for sure. Like yeah. he's very good. He's very good. He like – he under – I thought his he had the best facial exp- – I had no idea he was that young. He had the best facial expressions for selling at, probably on the show, on White the show. baby face, but yeah, you Dude. can tell – Puka Shell Nichols, you can tell he's in high yeah. school. But Jordan yeah. Oliver, he's great in the ring. His his hair, he just needs to get do, – do something about that look. It's his face, bro. It's the hair, face. And I'm not trying to be an asshole, but like he just he, – he has the face – it's it's the facial hair. It's like the weird not blonde, not brown hair tone too, where it's yeah. like like I swear to God that dude, that same dude, I don't know how because I'm sure he's not my age, but I swear to God that dude tried to sell me weed at the Kroger Mapco by McGavick High School like 15 years ago. I swear so to God. And he drove guy. a Honda and he went yeah. to McGavick same and guy. he was on yep. Xanax. I'm telling drove, you. Drove, yep, drove a beat up Honda with like no muffler on it and thought he was badass. Like, yeah, yeah. totally. And he hung out that's in the bonnets. Yes. Oh, dude, that's I don't know how I mean, no one else is going to get that reference with me and you, but that's dead on dead on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought it was a solid match. I went three beers. I really wish at the Hammerstein they would have did something like this instead of that scramble. And this would let all these guys shine a lot better. And Nick Wayne still probably couldn't have been on the show. So I don't know who Bro, they would we'll, replaced we'll, him. We'll get we'll still, get to the scramble. We'll. Still still good match. But yeah, three beers right there in the yeah. middle for me. Yeah. Uh, between the match, the audio somehow got worse. They didn't fix that at all. Um, it was kind of a cool little respect spot at the end. It was felt, felt very, uh, ring of honor from all four guys, which is nice. Again, uh, I thought the shining star of the match, uh, was Ninja Mac and Nick Wayne and not, and honestly, Dante Leon and all, Jordan Oliver are good. Like I think Jordan Oliver pisses me off because of the way he looks and it's not fair to him. Cause I honestly feel like his belt to bell is not bad. Uh, it's like just, Rhett Titus, you know? 
Yeah. It's yes, yes, exactly. It's he just looks bad. I just don't like his face. Like it's just it. Um, yeah. Moving on though, the next match is John Wayne Murdoch, a deathmatch guy, versus uh, ASF, which is Antonio San Francisco. Which I um, love. That's I had no idea that's what name. his name was. Um, but that's hilarious. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, again, this is another match with the commentary. Did a really good job of kind of selling the fact that there's a, a clashing of styles here. Uh, the match was relatively quick, too, which I thought was smart to kind of protect Murdoch because obviously ASF is definitely a bell-to-bell guy, but it wasn't really a deathmatch thing. So having a shorter match and getting Murdoch the win made him look strong. I like that. Uh, both guys got really good shine. Um, Murdoch definitely needed to win more than ASF did too, because every ASF's just over. Everyone knows he's good. Um, still, it wasn't great. Um, but it was decent. I gave it two beers. Uh, where are you at on it? Eh, I thought it was pretty good. It was like a ridiculous contrast of styles. And actually, apparently it wasn't originally planned. It was kind of like a last minute match because you know, some, there's a bunch of travel issues. Yeah. So I think for a last minute match, they actually they worked a pretty solid thing for the contrast of Agreed. styles. And it's yeah. crazy. John Wayne Murdoch is former local jobber Damian Payne. Not to be confused with Damian Wayne, another local wrestler in Tennessee. But yeah, he's grown a lot since the stadium in. I'll tell you that. He John Wayne Murdoch. It's a cool name. I like that name yeah. a lot. Um, yeah, he did way better than Damian Payne, and he spelled it P-A-Y-N-E, by by the way. So yeah, he's definitely yeah. upped his game, way great wrestler. Worked great with a high flyer guy. I love that fucking finish on the door, the weird suplex type beat thing. I can't even tell. It was like a soup, almost like a brain buster. I don't know. Brutal stuff, some flippy stuff, but uh, it was almost right in the middle for me. I went two and a half. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Fair and enough. Fair Antonio enough. San Francisco is the greatest name for a fucking wrestler. I love That's it. Really it's good. like on like Mexico. I, I love it. I love it a lot. Uh, let's move on to the next match here. It's Ali Catch versus AJ Gray. The chain wrestling opened was better than the entire Ruby Soho match that she had had. Um, great bell to bell work. AJ is just so good, man. And Allie's facial expressions this night were night and day better. Like she sold so much better in this match than she did in the Ruby match. Maybe it was just a spotlight thing. Maybe it was nerves, but she wrestled so much better. Familiar. She, she's more familiar with AJ than she is with Ruby. Soho. Either way, the selling on both sides was very good. It was a very, like, it's really hard to pull off these intergender matches and make them feel like, uh, the suspension of disbelief believability is there. And I think they did a really good job. Um, there were spaces between the spots so the crowd could breathe and kind of cheer or gasp or whatever. And that was really well done. I really liked it. Um, there was a few botches from Allie. Um, Allie kicked out super, super late and it was pretty much a three on one of those spots and the crowd definitely did not, was not forgiving of that. They, um, they're not, <laughs> which I, which I agree with. She should have kicked out earlier. She it was on her, but that, that was the only small spot that I, that stood out. Um, it was good. Wasn't great. And it, I will say that that one small botch kind of seemed to take the wind out of the crowd a little bit. So the rest the remainder of the match, until they got to the finish was kind of flat. Um, so I just went in the middle one. I gave it three beers. Uh, where are you at with uh, Ali Catch versus AJ Gray? Yeah, I love both of these wrestlers, but something just wasn't clicking in parts of this match. Like some of the chain wrestling was good, but some of the other transitions just kind of seemed sloppy. And like you said, that botch on the kick out, I don't know if she like got her bell rung on something and just kind of was just off. But once AJ Gray started being AJ Gray and just la- laying them big strikes and power moves, it really picked up. And I think once they had to think less and just started, you know, wrestling, just started beating the fuck out of each other. It got a little bit better. I enjoyed it more. more uh, I enjoyed it more after that. Just those transitions, some of that chain wrestling, I just did not think was working. I didn't think that was believable. But once he started laying the shit in, and besides that little botch, it was pretty solid. I did not go three beers. Not quite. I went 275. Okay. And it's just because maybe I hold them to a higher standard because there's some of my, at least AJ Gray is one of my favorite wrestlers. So, when there, there's some slip ups, you know, maybe I'm a little bit more critical, but it was still a great match. That's fair. That's way fair. better than Ruby. Right. Like you said, way better than Ruby Soho. I think the little bit of familiarity there helped it. Yeah. Oh, I would definitely agree with that for sure. Um, let's just keep it rolling here, though. We got Jimmy Lloyd versus Speedball Mike Bailey. OK, this this match to me is when commentary started switching over to just a live crowd. And really starting to drop the ball and which go back sucks. into their own way, which yeah. sucks because Speedball deserves better. I agree. I thought the match bell to bell was great. Commentary was the worst part of this match for sure. Um, yeah, the work in ring was good. Uh, the work out of the ring was really boring. Um, 
Bailey looked right into the camera every single chance that he got, and that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Uh, every now and then is okay. I'm not like, a, oh, don't break the fourth wall, pal, kind of guy. Like that's fine. I don't mind if you look at the at the camera every now and then. But it's almost like it's almost like that uh, narcissist where it's like he knows the camera's watching and he's trying not to look at the camera, but he does anyway. That's <laughs> that's what it felt like. Like, and it was like that maybe kind of. I don't know. It made me feel gross a little bit. Um, I don't know. There, there was a, a very impressively athletic match, but the selling was not good enough. And so the psychology suffered because of it. It was definitely more of a spectacle than a story. Um, it was solid for what it was, but that's not my style. Um, I went two and a half beers on it. Okay. Where are you at? I'm not too far off, and kind of you said more of a spectacle. I think it was. It was more of like a speedball Mike Bailey showcase because was, Jimmy Lloyd, he just doesn't – I mean he's good at what he does, but he doesn't really mesh well with like this style of wrestling. He should have been in like the scramble or something. It's like the scramble should like – this should have been like speedball versus Alex Zane or something like that. That would have been a way better match. Like Agreed. they have that more high – you know, that, that fast-paced, more modern style, and – if we had someone else like that, it could have pushed it over that threshold and been a little bit better. But just like you said, commentary just started shitting the bed on this match. Yep. They've got they've got to get a better commentary team, man. I don't know like, why. There's so many and, guys out there available that are good at commentary. Like, eh. I mean, I understand that. Like, I understand. I understand that Brett's got like his loyalty thing, and I I do value that for sure. But God, man, you're never gonna get. I mean, they're really hurting your product, dude. Like they're really hurting your product. And again, like I'm not trying to like, I don't know these dudes as, as people. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to come across as a, like personally bash them. Maybe they do so much behind the scenes and maybe they've earned their spot. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm just saying as a consumer that judges wrestling as a consumer, it's they're They're not up to par. They're just not up to par. They're not good enough to be on, on, on a local YouTube show, let alone your pay-per-views. They're just not good enough. All I will say is that you are not the only, you're not the only person I've heard complain about GCW commentary. Other commentators that I've talked to, local ones, indie ones, they've also talked about how bad it was and just like they were doing so good for for a minute and they just had to start going off yeah. the path and saying some wild shit, but I went right down the middle on this match, three beers. I love the shooting star press knee. That's just a sick move. I think it's funny because Penelope Ford did like the moonsault botch knee on <laughs> Rampage. Yeah. Even though it was brutal, she wasn't trying that, but he like actually does this move. Really fucking sick. But yeah, it could have been better because I've seen Mike Bailey in way better matches. So, yep, right in the middle for me is six pack. Agreed, six pack, agreed. Pack. Let's keep it rolling until we get to intermission here. We got one more match, which is a little weird because there's eight matches on the show and we got five matches in the intermission. It should have been right here, actually, because I feel like Gringo Loco. Versus Psycho Clown would have been a great way to start off after intermission, but I digress. Uh, the match here is Gringo Loco versus Psycho Clown, and this match wasn't for me, man. I like both guys, too, and I see what they're capable of. Um, so kind of seeing them in a hardcore match instead of like a regular match kind of let me down. Um, I, I feel like if this had been a Lucha Libre, a departure, like a change of pace and like that style, it would have been significantly better. And I'm not saying that it was bad. Um, I think that for a hardcore for having two luchadors do a hardcore match this was good at that i just don't really like that style gringo loco specifically was i thought he was really good in this match i just don't really like this style very much um and i don't know i i was let down because i feel like they could have done they could have done way better if they'd just been a regular lucha style match and i would have loved it more um i gave it two and three quarter beers i wanted to give it three but i was just let down because i knew they were capable of doing more. no way yeah this is our first one of the night. I also gave it two and three quarter Makes beers. Sense. And it was way too fucking long. It was so long. Way dude. too long. Like so long. It probably could have been a three beer match if it would have ended like ten it was minutes. Too much hardcore. Beer. Too much br outside of the ring brawling. And it's yeah. both guys like need said, the ropes to make their like style you work. Said, I expected more of a traditional lucha match because you're getting Psycho Clown and Gringo Loco, but they went more hardcore not even like you said not even truly death match just like you know classic wwf hardcore match yes yeah yeah that's what yeah. they did yeah. i mean and it wasn't bad but just like you said it's not what i wanted when i saw right. psycho clown and gringo loco i yeah. want more flips yeah yeah that's what you guys do and you do it really well um yes. yeah i agree just kind of a letdown but let's uh let's keep it rolling here we did get intermission which i think is nice like i think that's good um and i understand it's a live feed so you can't like 
take me out of it. But yeah, 15 minutes instead of just a screen with a countdown. And so people are going to walk away or maybe even like turn your shit off. Like, why don't you put some packages together, you know, and like kind of have, even if it's not like put a package together for the Xbox Joey Janela match, that's eventually going to happen. You know what I mean? Like put, yeah. put, put it for even like, cause obviously this is a, let's call this like a GCW kind of an in your house pay-per-view. This is not one that they're like really promoting online all the time. Like this is not one of their big pay-per-views that they ex- expect to, like people to watch. So I, I try to like look at it in that vein. Like, I get that they're not putting their marquee matches on here because this is like TV for yes. like another company. Yeah, all, but all, but see, this is the thing. I would argue that GCW, Brett specifically, has to know that there's more eyes on GCW now than ever before. So he's got to start treating these even quote unquote TV match like shows to further his stories and focus less on live spectacle. I know that p- the main thing of GCW is that live crowd and that almost like cult like vibe that they have. And I know it's hard to do that, but I think that if you, if you really invest in the right guys, which you have in, on your roster, you could pull off a more story based show and still give the crowd what they want. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe not have a three hour long pay-per-view part and give them, uh, give us two hours on a pay-per-view where you focus mainly on story and have a whole hour of just dark stuff for the live crowd. If that makes sense. Um, that's that's good shit there. I like that. I feel like that makes more sense to me. And again, like I I really want GCW to do well. Anytime we're critiquing honestly, I want all, I want WWE to do well. I want all companies to do well. I just, I, I like, I feel like it's our job. It's our mission from God to make sure that we nitpick this to the best of our ability. And well, I, I want to help, help Mr. Brett Lauderdale. Yeah. We want him my, to do stuff that makes sense, you know, but there's yeah. something that doesn't make sense. And that's just fucking next match. Dude. Like, why do you keep with this? Like, okay, this to me, the scramble thing that you always have on every show is like, how many times does this have to burn and fail before you realize it's a terrible idea? Like, it's and, and it's honestly, it's like you're making some of these guys look worse and you should be protecting like some of these like Alex Zane, st- like a star stud that is going to help you build your brand. Atticus Kogar, a star that is going to help build your brand. And you are devaluing their brand by putting them in these shit matches constantly where they're stepping on each other. And there's no way. And first of all, I should never, never. And will never purposely pay to see a wrestler like Grim Reefer wrestle again. I should never have to pay for that. And I'm not trying to be an <laughs> asshole, but that dude is trash. Like he's like Sandman level bad. Like he's awful. And I get that he's a gimmick. You know, much respect. Again, like this is just one ner- nerdy Mark's opinion of, of this dude. He might be the sweetest dude on earth. He might do a bunch of make a wish stuff. I don't think so. Just judging by what I saw, but I'm not shitting on the dude as a person, his bell to bell from my small um, amount that I got to see him in this match was God awful. And I hope I never see that again. Um, I, dude, it just sucks. Cause there was a lot of really good wrestlers in this match. A lot of the mat, the spots that they tried to put together were just downright botches, just bad spots. Um, yeah, it just felt like it was only for the live crowd. Bad booking, especially to put it on after intermission. Just not good. I gave it I gave it a half a beer. A half a beer. Um, and that's just because I like Alexander and I like Atticus Kogar. That's it. Where are you at on it? Dude, I mean, there were some cool spots in the match. There are also a lot more very fucking scary and dumb spots in the match. Like yes. people landing on each yes. other's heads. God. Just like Ugh. just cringe work, like stuff that doesn't even look cool. And like Everything that Dark Sheik did just looked like fucking shit. Yeah, she's I wasn't. just. I don't know. She just her, her everything to do with Alex Zane just was so like contrived and set up. And maybe she's better in singles matches, but because his dude, these scrambles are not it. They are not fucking working. No. Uh, deranged. He had some cool little spots, but then he was doing like some HBK SummerSlam O2 type selling. Like everything was just ridiculous in this match. It wasn't. Yeah. I didn't have a good time watching it. Like no, Atticus Kogar, brutal lion salt kick to the face on Alex Zane by accident that had nothing to do with all yeah. the other bullshit, but it was yeah. just more of that. It's just like once one thing happens, just keeps trickling yeah. on, trickling on, and things just get like uh, not good. It was absolute death. Five is too many spot people. Fuck fest. I only gave it a beer because they took some gnarly bumps for no reason. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, not much else Bad to say stuff. about that. Bad stuff altogether. Uh, let's keep it going here. 
Then the semi-main event is Laredo Kid versus Blake Christian. Uh, match of the night by far to me. Um, great work, great chemistry. Uh, Blake Christian is underrated as a seller for sure. His facial expressions were the best of the night. Uh, next to uh, Nick Wayne, I thought those two guys had the best like selling facial expressions. Um, I think it was a really cool match because they found a really awesome way of kind of blending the old school WCW cruiserweight style and the uh, current like Lucha Libre style together. And it really worked. Um, both dudes kind of like should be focal points of this company moving forward. Uh, I, at least that's what I wrote down until I found out that Laredo kid had signed with impact. Uh, but this is a great send off for him for sure. Easily match of the night um, above and beyond. Um, probably the, I mean, if I'm going to show you any match, um, from, I think actually either show, it would probably be Laredo kid versus Blake Christian. I gave it four beers. I think that's the highest I rated anything. I think it was higher than I rated anything on in your house either. So, uh, yeah, four, four beers for me, Laredo kid versus Blake Christian. Really good match. Where you at on it? I'm literally right there with you. I have four beers match of the night match of the night for me. Commentary awful wrestling. Great. And it's, I had kind of a different uh, note that you had. I said, this is more of that super juniors X division style, which is like one of my favorite styles in wrestling. Just, I love the innovation, like so much it's fast paced, but they still like the selling still there, but they have that tech. It's like the technicality, the fast pace, you got the flips, you got the mat stuff. It was just very good. I didn't like that weird top rope German thing. It was kind of a bad setup, and it, that was like the only thing that was kind of off for me. But because they pretty much ended it right after that with the finish, which I think kind of saved it. Because if they would have just kept, you know, when people try to redo spots, I hate that shit. Yeah, naturally, they just took yeah. it home after that. They're like, all right, we kind of fucked up, but they kept it going, and it was great. Blake Christian is fucking amazing, representing Tennessee. I cannot believe. Excuse me there. I cannot believe what WWE did to him. Signed him for like six months and then just fucking really. They did the same thing with Zayn too, didn't they? Same thing with Zayn. It's just, it was trash because these, these dudes are both fucking great. And Alex Zane deserves better. He should have been in a singles match again. Like I said, it should have been speedball on Alex Zane because that, that probably could have rivaled with what this match was. But yeah, fantastic match of the night. Some nice, well, give me like give innovative me like, reversals and like catches and like shit I've never seen that they just. They blow my mind. Yeah, it was very good. It was very good for sure. Um, yeah, let's move on to the main event here. Let's just go ahead and knock it out. It's Joey Janela versus Dr. Wagner Jr. I mean, it's good. Um, it's not my style. I'm a big fan of Janela for sure, but it's just so much crowd brawling. And you can tell that this ma- match is for the crowd. It's not. It's just for the live crowd. It has nothing to do with with the, 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 the television presentation because it, it, it wasn't a good TV match. And I think both guys, if they had been directed to do a good belt to bell in the ring TV match, they probably could have delivered it really well. And it could have been better than this, but I don't think that's what they were. Their narrative was, was told to them. And I think that they did deliver a more exciting experience for the people in the crowd. Uh, but I think it lacked on TV. Um, and I, again, it was a good match. It just wasn't, uh, it didn't blow me away. Um, and it definitely was not as good as most of Genoa's matches have been up to this point. Um, I would have swapped these last two matches, actually. If this had been the semi-main and had Laredo Kid versus Blake Christian as the main event, I think it might have flowed better and made more sense. Although, as a booker, to give the you know the devil his due, on paper, I can see why you would have put, would have put this as the main event. Um, not impressed by Wagner Jr., um, I haven't seen enough of his work outside of this match to really judge him. But for me, this was another two and a half beer match. Uh, it was okay, but not even a little below average in my opinion. Uh, where are you at on it? I'm just slightly above you. I went three beers right in the middle. And literally what this has reminded me of was just like a classic Southern wrestling fairgrounds main event. That's fair. With some extra, like basically with some extra hardcore crazy shit sprinkled in there. Yeah. Because it's it. like the bronze, the crowd, bloody, just back and forth. Just but you had some more chairs, some more extra, some more theatrics. I say it was like almost like a WWF hardcore match. Yeah, because it kind of it kind literally compared to the rest of the show where there was just so much crazy bullshit going on that made no sense. Like they actually let this match breathe a little bit. They had some time to sell. They had some time to play to the crowd. Right. It was almost that Southern wrestling style. Like I said, with just a little bit more Gaga added. And it wasn't bad at all. Janela put his body on the line. He's a fucking madman. They both got color. They 
they put put in some fucking work. It just like you said, does wasn't really a TV match. But if you were there live, I'm sure it was fucking fantastic. And we probably would have rated it even higher if it was just a live reviewed match. But watching it on TV, it just doesn't translate as well. Kind of felt like you were at the fairgrounds and he kind of looked like the fairgrounds, to be honest. Yeah, man. I mean, I agree. I agree. It was it was uh, it was underwhelming. And, and I think that I think that when you I understand that GCW has been on this like kind of uh, train where they try to have like everyone every two or three months where it's a bigger one. And then they have like seems like every other weekend there's like a, a GCW show and they're like kind of the smaller TVs. To me, that's a miss. Like to me, you should at least be doing what NWA is doing where it's just just put it on YouTube or like, what just, TNA just make, NWA used to do every week. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I agree. It should just, if you are going to make people pay for it, it needs to be better and it needs to not be a house show feel. Um, I think they're just losing momentum at this point. And I think that that's, it sucks because I, I do feel like these subpar shows are going to hurt their brand. Um, they just signed Nick Gage to the only exclusive contract to the company. That makes sense. He's, I mean, we're all, I mean, to be, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but where else is he going to go? You know what I mean? Exactly. He is GCW. Yeah, he is GCW for sure. MDK um, all fucking day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that being said, man, uh, I think that like it's weird because I think match of the night was GCW, but I think that of the two shows, I would say that even as bad as it was, 97 was a better show. Um, oh yeah, I, I, I don't even I'll know, go, know why. Go. WWF in Chattanooga, Tennessee is the show of the night, 100%. But weird, too, because I feel like overall the matches got lower ratings. But I think the promos and the continuation or beginning of storylines from that show mattered more to me. And the commentary. We got JR. Yeah, yeah, totally. The commentary made a massive difference for sure. Um, They could have called a match between Spike Dudley and a broom, and we would have been like, oh, my God, great commentary. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So I think unanimously this kayfabe comparison – WWF's In Your House Final Four was the winner, although match of the week for both shows was Blake Christian versus Laredo Kid. Um, next week, we get the return of the Baker's Dozen, and it's regularly scheduled time slot with uh, Mr. Scott Hensley. Um, uh, Wex, do you know much about uh, Scott Hensley? No, he has a lot to do with Scenic City. Maybe he started it, maybe he didn't, but I know he has a lot to do with it in TWE and action wrestling and... He's a big guy down here in the Southern Tennessee wrestling scene. Love it. Responsible for a lot of things. So yeah. that'd be a br- pretty good interview. I know, uh, like I said, action wrestling, action wrestling local wrestler AC Mack, the resident, uh, you know, was the champion there forever. He is the indie wrestling champion at the moment. So I'm sure they'll oh. talk about that a little bit. It should be a pretty good interview. I look forward to it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about the guy at all, so I'm I'm really excited about this. Uh, we would be remiss not to mention uh, John Moxley wearing the Akira hoodie that's kind of gone viral on on Twitter. Uh, we recently just had him on the podcast. If you get a chance, you can check out episode one of the Baker's Dozen and hear his interview, Mr. Jesse Baker, with uh, Akira, and um, it's a good one. It actually the hoodie was on national live TV. Yeah, because I first saw it, I was like Akira. Is that just like an Akira the like anime, or is that like Akira the wrestler? And then like I saw it closer, and I was like, oh fuck, I think that's an Akira the wrestler hoodie. It is indeed. It is indeed. So I'm excited. Next week's gonna be awesome. Uh, you're gonna get a Baker's dozen, and I'm super hyped for that to have it on the main feed. Uh, and then two weeks from now, we are covering WWE's Elimination Chamber from Saudi Arabia. Um, so that should be awesome. And we're diving into 1997 from WCW, which is super hype for me. Um, we're going with WCW super brawl seven from 1997. I'm super excited about that. Uh, it's been a while since we've covered the 1997 NWO era of WCW. I'm pretty hype. How you feeling about it? Wex ready to get back into it. I love that NWO old stuff. Cause that was a little bit before my time when I first started watching wrestling. So it's good to go back and refresh all those storylines. Yeah, I'm hype, man. I'm hype. You can always find the show at kayfabe.com uh, pretty much everywhere except for Tiki Talk. It's at kayfabe.com pod on the Tiki Talk because Wex is an infant when he set it up and was just dummy in the brain. Uh, but be sure to <sighs> Sorry, also man. be sure to hit us up on YouTube. Hit subscribe and like. We're going to maybe, maybe – I know you know what? We're always changing the format up. We're trying to like keep it spicy here. We might be changing uh, the direction of the show. Uh, here coming up soon. Maybe, maybe not. We who knows? Uh, we're going to keep it as spicy. So, um, if you get a chance, be sure to follow us on YouTube as well to get the content there. Um, especially if you are kind of in a hurry and you just kind of want the tea and kind of want just some funny spots from the show. That's the best, uh, 
best avenue to find us on, right? Right, Wex? That is correct. And we're going to be heavy active on YouTube. Even if we change the format up a little bit, we'll still have fun little tidbits, fun little clips on YouTube. We'll keep it going. And uh, next week, AW Dynamite is going to be coming live from Nashville, Tennessee. It'll be my birthday. I'll be out there, probably taking some videos. Maybe I'll make a little, some little blog video type things from being at the live event. We'll upload on the channel too. If we see you out there, maybe we can say hi, drink a beer, take a shot. Watch some wrestling. Yeah, man. It sounds good to me. Happy early birthday, Wex. Um, thank you. Thank you. I was planning be the to be there. 31, 31. I, was, I was planning to be there. However, uh, my son has karate on Mondays and Wednesdays. He's currently a gold belt, and he has to test for his orange belt this coming Wednesday. Well, so you my, get that fucking orange belt, baby. My, my fatherly uh, duties come first, and I will most certainly be at the belt test and not at uh, Dynamite. But I will watch it for sure. Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm hype, man. You can always find me at Daniel Daybreak everywhere, um, literally everywhere. Also, if you want to buy a house and you're in the southeast, um, I am back in business full time, working in the full swing of things. Um, I'm just, you know, making dreams come true over here. I am the first time home buyers um, agent. So again, too, like, you know what? And you think, you know, I've, I've rented for years. I could never have enough money to buy a house. Bro, holler at me. Hit me up. Guess what? I'm Daniel Daybreak at, G- at Gmail, too. So you can just shoot me an email. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Shoot me a DM. I will help you. Or at least tell you, like, you know, what you might need to get rolling so you can buy a house. Right, Wex? That's right. And it's your boy, Wex, breaking the loss. And I work in a mail room in a corporate building downtown. Uh, and I'm not making any dreams happen for anybody. But I know <laughs> Daniel can because I could have gotten me a loan at one time to get me a little house. But didn't have that down payment. My credit's better. So next year... Working I can on holler at him, but this year you should holler at him, and you should also holler at me at Wex Breaking the Loss on all social medias, and also, like you said, visit that Kayfabe Comparisons on the YouTube. Let's keep it popping. That's gonna do it for us this week. We will see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.